0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, everybody, to Conversation with Carol. I'm here again with Phil, the founder of Yolo Rum. I appreciate you coming in, man. It's been a long time coming because I've been trying to get you on the air so I can tell these stories, bro. I'm happy to see you happy to hang out with you again, man. So welcome, Phil.
1: I'm glad to be here in the Sunshine State with you, Nolan. Thank <laughs> you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. It's an honor.
0: No problem, man.
1: Congratulations on everything you have going on here. This is Lycan. quite an impressive setup you have here. Appreciate it, man. Very professional, but I'd expect nothing less from you, Nolan, honestly.
0: I appreciate it, Phil. And, man, I'm always appreciative of you and, and what you've done and the relationship we've had because it's come out of, like, the Wild West, the, the way we've met. and it's a funny story, but it's been a great story because I've gotten to know you, know you for the past four years now. And just all the things, all the experiences that you share with me, I want to be able to share with our viewers because I think it's important to understand the brand of Yolo Rum. It's just not me drinking every day or people just making drinks. It's deeper than that. And, And I want to dive more into it because I feel like the more people understand the brand and the story behind the brand the more they they want to cling to it they want to buy it and that's why i'm glad you're here I've, I've been trying to get you for the last two years but i'm glad now we finally been able to come together man and, and just basically i just want to start with what is Yolo rum how'd you get involved with it and then we'll just take it from there
1: we started just honestly i started with a passion because i liked drinking and i discovered rum in central america and i felt kind of cheated out of my drinking experience. I was like, why didn't anybody tell me that rum was good? And so I dr- I drank rum in Central America and discovered Central American rum. It was delicious and I really felt passionate about it. I was like, I'm going to take this to the United States and I'm going to introduce this to everybody. Everybody should know that rum is delicious. And so we're in the very front of that trend and I, and I believe with my whole heart and soul that that trend is coming. But it's a journey and you've come on this journey with me man and i really appreciate all your help and your support and thank you for that but it's been a it's it has not been easy you know we do giant things and exactly. like you and the, you know everything that you're doing and you know your productions and stuff people see yolo rum and even having you involved people believe it's giant just because you're involved and we're real people with you know doing real things and we're making it happen one day at a time.
0: Well, I like that man. And and just from how you started, because I know when you're running a business, you're doing it by yourself in the beginning and you have to get people to believe in your brand and believe in the vision that you have taking it forward. And I know when you just started with Yola room, it started almost as an accident thing, but then you've grown it into what it is now, which is, you only live once it's become the acronym that's known around, especially nowadays with everything that's going on. It's, it's been known more and it's been shown prevalent more. You're seeing rappers talk about it. you are seeing other liquor brands kind of tiptoeing on the brink of saying it, but they know they can't say it for certain reasons. Once we get into this more and start unpeeling peeling this onion, but just let me know about yellow rum from the beginning. When you started, when you discovered this, when you were shown that you wanted to bring this rum out to the world and to the public.
1: So it happened almost simultaneously. I was really passionate about Central American rum. And then I had heard the term YOLO and meaning you only live once. And I was like, gosh, that's just an amazing saying. And I really believe that. And not because it's I'm going to jump off the bridge and do something crazy because it brings meaning to life. And I really believe that. And I wanted to do the rum and I was like, I just felt like it was just a really a, a natural fit to put them both together. So it almost happened simultaneously. The easy part was put in the idea of, I want to call a rum, YOLO rum, putting those things together. And the hard part was actually coming up with a rum. And that's really where the story gets interesting because liquor is such a controlled entity in and of itself. And I wouldn't even say that because of the laws but because of the people that have controlled it for the last really 200 years and even longer than that. And this country has a, has a really deep-rooted history with spirits and even rum. Mm-hmm. And we, it's not a very popular topic of conversation. I feel that rum has really gotten put on the, on the back shelf because of the, um, what rum means to the history of the United States. But I think it's a very important spirit george washington he didn't distill whiskey he distilled rum and i believe that rum is actually naturally the true american spirit so in that we have uh encountered some very powerful people that have had to have a lot of influence that don't want us to succeed in our mission so we're really it's really a david versus goliath even though i've got you and I know you're the, you're Hercules, <laughs> but it, this really is a David versus Goliath situation with yeah. the people that control the industry.
0: Yeah, most people think when they see a liquor brand, it's all flashy, like how Diddy's always having the parties and you know, everybody's showing all this immaculate stuff. But when you see it from behind the scenes, there's just so much as far as politics and so much as far as influence that goes into a brand. It's just not something that you pop out with. And all of a sudden, people are going to think, oh, I want to buy it. Well, they are not accustomed to it. If they're not seeing it, if you don't have the right people marketing it behind you, you're ultimately just gonna sit on the shelves. And, and, and I want people to understand more of the business side. And that's why I'm glad I, I've got you here finally now, because I want you to explain how politics are involved in the liquor industry, especially with what you've had to go through initially with said big company that you still fighting with right now. So just explain to us how that went about at a concert and how it's kind of turned in I want to say rivalry because we're still going if you beat somebody down and knock them out you knock their ass out
1: so you mentioned the concert and so we made a very powerful uh enemy at, at, at that particular concert and um I will talk about that there's also a history around rum that I think is very exclusive and there's some people that are I would say even flat out racist in the industry and when it comes to really the man that made our rum is Don Pancho Fernandez and he's the best rum maker in the world but he's he's really been kind of his reputation and his name has been held down by people that don't want him to succeed as a as a Latin man, and I'm, and I, and I feel very sorry to say that, but I say it with the, the the utmost confidence because of how these people operate. But that being said, the most powerful people in the in the room, and, and it's definitely not these people. So, um, and that would come from people that have been making rum for generations, and the United States in particular. But this region has a has an interesting history because. Rum was a part of this whole developing new world. And so there was something called the triangle, which was molasses, basically rum for slaves. And it's it's a shameful past. And some of the people that are responsible for that, their families still own distilleries. And they still hold on to these ancient beliefs. And to me, it being raised in the inner city and being an open-minded person and being loving and kind would never want to believe that people would hold these feelings in their hearts. But I really believe that the actions of these people really speak louder than any words that they speak. And because of that, they really try to tarnish the name and the reputation of Don Pancho. Don Pancho is is a legend. He made rum for Fidel Castro. He basically earned his freedom And in 1989, uh, moved to Panama. And we are fortunate enough, and through my wife, Jessica, uh, to know Don Pancho. And he made this formula specifically for us. And so, um, really, taking it back full circle, there's people that are... That control the business that don't want anybody new to come in, but they have really old ancient thoughts and then moving on There's really the big players in the game and the big players of the game. The biggest player in the game is Probably Bacardi and I have tremendous respect for their family. I have tremendous respect for who they are for what they've done I admire them tremendously, but they've created some gigantic road like bumps for us in the road and one of those being at the uh, slightly stupid concert probably six or seven years ago now, pre-COVID for sure, we were partying backstage and we had put bottles actually on the band's bar and we were backstage drinking YOLO rum and anybody that would come up and order a rum drink, I was standing there and I'd be like, hey, you guys have to try YOLO. And so there were a group of guys that were probably like my age now and... They were all drinking Bacardi, and I went over and I was like, hey, you guys got to try Yolo rum. Yolo rum is like, you guys are drinking Bacardi, but Yolo rum. And Bacardi's sense has come out with some different expressions, but Yolo rum was a lot better than the Bacardi that they had at the bar at the time. So they all tried it, except for one gentleman, and everybody was like, oh, this is way better than Bacardi. This is way better than Bacardi. Well, the gentleman that didn't try it was one of the regional vice presidents for Bacardi. And he actually took it pretty personally. And so all of his friends were asking him, like, why doesn't Bacardi taste more like this? And he really was upset about it. And I understand why, because it, this is totally different. Yeah. And so, you know, why aren't you the best? Why aren't you the best? And I was confident about that. And I am confident about that since we've won 34 international awards, which... It's not just me saying it to you. Balling.
0: Balling. Just let it be known. That's balling right there.
1: Just, uh, and it's not just me saying it to you. Other people believe this too. Of course. But we had, um, before that, we had basically figured out a deal that we were going to be going into Denver's biggest EDM club. It's called Beta. And they were bringing Yolo rum on and mysteriously, we had it there, and we were selling it really well. They basically told us that they weren't going to be selling it anymore. <laughs> and then we found out that there was a, a nice renovation that was done to the bar, and I'm not exactly sure how these deals happen, but I'm pretty sure that the bar manager told me that Bacardi was renovating the facade of their bar, and the deal was is that they were not going to carry Yolo rum anymore. <laughs> so politics. And so, and they are extremely influential. And honestly, that's kind of been our story. Uh, Bacardi blocked us. You know, this is, you know, probably somewhat proprietary information, but we had a, we had gotten in, accepted into Southern distribution. And there was a, a clause that was exercised in the contract that the, if it was going to compete with Bacardi, they had told us that nobody had really ever even exercised that clause before. But Bacardi came down hard on it, and they, they basically told Southern, and Southern had just switched over from National Republic distribution to Southern distribution, that they had made some kind of threat, is what was communicated to us, that they would switch back um, because of our brand. And to me, that's surprising because we're just trying to make it. We're really, like I said, we're, it's David versus Goliath, and... They have everything and we have nothing, so to me, it's like, why would they be so concerned about what we're doing? Yeah. But it's not the first time, and we've had Sazerac, and, and that's not who I was talking about, about being the racist. Sazerac is the largest producer of, of spirits in the United States, and they opposed our trademark. And it took us five years to get our trademark, but we own Yolo Rum, the trademark. And we fought for that, and we got it. It took five and a half years. It was um, they opposed us, but I really, I really feel like you can fight when you have a just position. And when I was looking at the history of all of the challenges of trademarks, I noticed how many companies in the same position as ours basically quit. Mm-hmm. And so I really feel that there's tactics that are being used by the people that control everything to keep the smaller brands out of the market. And so I don't want to sit here and say, we're we're the victims, we're the victims, we're the victims, because I really feel like we're winners and I feel like we're going to win at this game and we are determined and we have things going for us that they don't have. And that is just the sheer will and determination to succeed. And they don't, they'll never know that hunger. And that hunger in our heart and then the the people that, that, you know, that that have been attracted to us and we've been attracted to each other for that same hunger and that same desire to basically achieve something that's almost impossible. And I mean, you've played sports at the highest level. You understand exactly what I'm talking about. Like everybody kind of has to be on the same page and we all need to work toward this together. But. We are. We're working toward this every single day.
0: So, when was the first time within the trademarking process that you, all the re, all the retaliation was starting? You kind of told yourself, "We we need to get ready because this is gonna get like this is gonna get real."
1: So, we started kicking around the idea of the name Yolo in 2011, and then we got serious about everything in 2012. And at that time, we filed for a federal trademark and. I really knew that YOLO was going to blow up as an expression. So I thought it was important that we be one of the first applications to get in. And indeed we were, and we were the first legitimate alcohol application. That's why we were able to get into the process and actually eventually get our trademark. So we, I, I, I really didn't think it would be opposed. I didn't think, I thought it was all just pretty much just, taking care of the process and going, filling everything out, and it was just a done deal. Well, through the process, part of the process is there's a part where somebody can publicly oppose it, so they publish it for opposition is the official term, and through that, other companies that feel like you might have a mark that infringes on their mark can go to the USTPO, which is the United States Trademark Office, and really... Um, kind of protect their own interests and so we were probably and it in in a normal situation it probably takes 18 months to get a trademark we're probably about a year into it and we got a letter from the U- United States the US TPO saying that and I don't know why I'm laughing I'm laughing because I have PTSD and if I don't laugh I'm going to start crying and I don't want to start crying on in front of Nolan so I'm not going to start crying but we got noticed that it was being opposed and it was being opposed by Sazerac and Sazerac is actually the largest producer of alcohol in the United States and people probably generally don't know that or understand that and they're they're better known they probably have about 200 brands and their most famous brand being buffalo trace whiskey so they opposed us because they had a similar named product but also a similar packaged product that was completely unrelated and so they had a product that was actually called Olo and Olo in I guess Brazil means a uh, surfboard but here in the United States if you look at the urban dictionary so, small l, small o, small o, small o, small l, small o is kind of like the lol or A smiley face when you're typing but for male genitalia i don't know what i'm allowed to say here cock and balls (laughs) if you look at the urban dictionary olo means cock and balls and so they're opposing this trademark and i'm like hey olo means cock and balls and yolo means you only live once it's a little bit different it's a little, it's a little bit, this it's just a little, it's, it's, it's just a little bit different. So it was, it was a fight though. We had to fight for three years to basically prove our side of that.
0: So they basically tried to just throw shit to the fan and see what stuck.
1: They really did. And so that product doesn't even really, doesn't even exist on the market. Um, but the USTPO agreed with us. The trademark office agreed that there's two different words, and you can't just say, "Hey, I own these three letters," and in, in any three in, in that sequence, no matter what you put in front of it or after it, I own it. And there's a lot of words that you can make out of O L O. So uh, we won, but it was it was it was a battle, and it was thankfully we had an extremely good. Legal team, Messner and Reeves, they were amazing. Uh, the Sazrak had Cooley LLP, which is probably the largest IP firm in the United States, but Messner and Reeves are formidable. And these discussions happened in Washington, D.C. at the Cooley LLP headquarters. And so, um, again, this is the backstory. This is, you know, I don't know how much of this I should be no. disclosing, but this is this is the real story.
0: I like this stuff, man. Because this is the stuff that people don't understand. Like, this is the stuff that people, when you only see a brand, you only see the brand. You don't see the heartache. You don't see the opposition. You don't see the obstacles. You don't see the stress. You don't see the work behind the brand. You just see pouring up, parties, fun times. You don't see the grit, the grind. and great story, man. Great story.
1: Thank you. YOLO.
0: I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. It was a lot of information in there. I was glad I was able to have Phil come on and he graced us with his presence with YOLO and really letting you guys know the beginning of the story and some of the opposition that we had to face and they're still facing right now, but we have more stories coming and I'm definitely glad you tuned in. If you can like subscribe, comment, And share this with your friends like i said it's a responsibility for you that get this information to share it with everybody else and if you do that can make this world a better place man so conversation with carol i'm out